sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. TV, satellite, and our mobile app. We make it easy. Like, real easy. In fact, if you're not listening, it's you. It's always you. Slacker. We are the Sports Grid Radio Network. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly, Scott Wetzel, sitting in on this last day of uh, December and the last day of 2020. How about that if we move on to 2021? Uh, Sitting in until uh, 7 a.m. Eastern time, taking it right up until the top of the hour, 844-843-6879. Uh, our toll-free telephone number again, 844-843-6879. Send a tweet at Opposite Picks. Email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com, and uh, hit the contact Scott icon and fire away. That's where you find our uh, podcast as well on the uh, on the website if you want to join our uh, podcast crew. Uh, if uh, two hours of yours truly in the morning is not enough. Uh, a couple of stories to get to. First up, college football last night. We'll begin there. Cotton Bowl, as uh, we had nothing but scoring, scoring, and more scores as Oklahoma drills Florida 50. 55-20. It was a uh, 17-0 Oklahoma lead. Kyle Trask had three interceptions in the first quarter, one return for a touchdown. Looked like it was going to be a blowout. Then Florida made a little bit of a comeback, cut it to 17-13. Uh, but then Oklahoma scored 38 straight points. And really the key was uh, two touchdowns by the Sooners in the final four minutes of the first half, turning that four-point lead into a 31-13 lead. And then again, it, it, the onslaught continued in the second half and, and 38 straight points later uh, Oklahoma had themselves a nice fat 35 point win 55 to 20 Oklahoma ran for 435 yards 435 yards you talk about just no defense you know don't tell me how good the SEC is the SEC like it basically is every single year barring one or two just an overrated conference. I mean, to think that people in the SEC were crying and bitching and moaning about how uh, Ohio State is getting into the Final Four and not Florida or not Texas A&M, you know, hogwash, please. You know, you, you don't talk about how many guys weren't playing on offense. I get that stuff. But you know what? You gave up 55 points to Oklahoma. And if, if you told Oklahoma you had to score 75, they could have scored 75 last night. That, that, defense, that Florida defense is just brutal. Has been all year. And I, yeah, I noticed it in basically game one or two, whatever it was, when they played Vanderbilt and they gave up like 20 points. I said, that team is not winning any championships with that kind of defense. It never got turned around. It's not the Florida defense from last year. They give up, like I said, 435 yards on the ground uh, alone yesterday in, in the process of a 35-point loss. Dan Mullen, head coach, afterwards crying about how his team was uh, shorthanded because he had a bunch of players opt out seven and a bunch of others missed the game because of COVID. 
uh, said that he didn't really even have to play the game, but his kids wanted to, so they gave it a try. We're missing 25 guys off the football team. This wasn't the 2020 team. I, I hate to break it to you there, Coach, but uh, you know the, you may not think this was the 2020 team, but it is the 2020 team. The legacy of the 2020 team is it underachieved. Even if you want to throw this game out the window, even if you want to say, well, we didn't have our four best receivers and we were missing all these other guys, you still were eight and three. You know that that's that's not going to cut it in in college football. Three losses is like uh, you know seven in the NFL. You went one and three, one and four. If you want to include this game against good teams, lost to LSU, which I won't even really classify as a good team, but you lost. Uh, you lost to Texas A&M. You lost to Alabama. You lost to Oklahoma. The only good team you beat was Georgia. Now that that's it. You were one and four against real competition. And again, if you don't want to include last night's game, coach, then fine. You were one and three against decent competition. You were a failure this year. This team had national realistic championship expectations. You got a quarterback who's uh, you know going to be a, is a is a Heisman Trophy finalist. Uh, you got a number of receivers. You got a tight end who's going to be a first round draft choice who was unstoppable. You had a bunch of other players that are going to be first and second, third round picks, and you were you went a lousy eight and four, a lousy eight and four. So sit there and cry all you want about how, you know, you were playing without 25 guys. There were a zillion teams this year that were in similar spots that played better than what you played last night. Again, this is the same man that was calling for fans in the stands one week and then had uh, Florida come down with the virus the next. The same man who, uh, you know, started a bench clearing brawl against Missouri. A uh, same man who uh, said their game against LSU didn't count uh, because they had to beat Alabama regardless the next week. Hence, they lose to LSU. I, he is a bird brain. It, it's as simple as that, a knucklehead. And I, I would suggest he's not long for Florida if he continues to coach and sound off like he has the, this year. He, that was a lost opportunity for, for Florida to showcase a little something last night and just this season in general. Uh, you know, I can't help but wonder that if a paycheck wasn't involved, you know, would Florida not been at the game? Maybe, maybe that's it. You know, they don't put it on the player saying they wanted to play. How about the administration saying, you know what, we got to make our, you know, cotton bowl money? Maybe that had a bigger role than anything else. Wisconsin earlier in the day beat Wake Forest 42 28 in the uh, Mayo Bowl. Uh, can't have a college football bowl season without the Mayo Bowl. No, no big, uh, big deal on that one. The overhead on both games, the favorites covered on both games, that Oklahoma line, I don't know what it ended up at, but it was three to start. I thought that was kind of strange because they announced a couple of days ago that Florida was going to be without their starting wide receivers and tight end. And the line, you know, switched from Florida maybe favored a little bit to, to Oklahoma being favored, but only by three. And uh, that thing zoomed up to eight and a half. Again, I don't know what it closed at, but uh, no matter where you put it, you're on open easily. And that was as easy a victory as you'll ever get. I've already got to include a gripping uh, Washington reporter. That is next. I think it was Matt Beach. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
Eagles and Bad Beats on this Thursday morning. Let's update the poll question here. First up, we failed to uh, review what happened yesterday with our poll question, as I always like to do. Three of the four AFC teams uh, will make the playoffs. Miami, Baltimore, Cleveland, Indianapolis. So we asked yesterday which one will not make the postseason. And uh, shame on you, LLs, loyal listeners. Uh, our beloved Miami Dolphins end up winning. 35% of the votes. How about that? Indianapolis gets 32.5%, Cleveland 24 and Baltimore 8%. So uh, shame, shame on you. Think that our Dolphins are not going to win. Of course, uh, I, I kind of think the same thing, but uh, it's one thing for me to say it. I'm a Dolphin fan. I can be pessimistic. You shouldn't be. Uh, our poll question today, you must see TV this weekend since we're not doing a show tomorrow with uh, New Year's Day. So what's the uh, must-see TV weekend game? Alabama-Notre Dame, Clemson-Ohio State, Rams-Cardinals, or other. And uh, right now, Clemson-Ohio State dominated, getting 50% of the votes. Uh, Alabama-Notre Dame, 20%. Rams-Cardinals, 15 And other 15, or other 16 now, as that's uh, flip-flopped a little bit as we've added on a couple of more votes. So uh, go to your opposite picks feed and get your vote in. A couple of the other comments, Eagles-Redskins from uh, Al Pepper. Yep, I, you know, that that was one. And it's funny, when you think about things, Al, uh, Eagles and Redskins, obviously you have two major markets, Philadelphia and Washington, and you have the winner of the Giants-Dallas game watching. So you're either going to have a national team like Dallas, which we all know they're more, we hate to admit it, but they're probably more national Dallas Cowboy fans than anything else. Uh, and then you got a major market in New York, New Jersey, watching the major market of Philadelphia and Washington. So there are really two games they could have chosen from, that one or Rams and Arizona. You know, both, you know, winner is in, loser's out. And in the case of the Eagles, uh, and Redskins, if the Redskins win, they're in. If they're out, then the winner of Dallas and the Giants earlier today uh, is in. So you had those two games, but you had that little extra edge in that, you know, not only do you have Philadelphia and Washington fans watching the game, but then you're going to have that bonus audience of New York and, and uh, Dallas or Dallas. So that, that, that was a pretty good one for sure, um, you know, that I thought of. <coughs> but pretty good games, you know, overall. And we'll take a look at the lines here in, in, in a little bit because there are some strange lines. Again, this is a tough weekend. You know, you, this is the one weekend where you really got to do your research here because more and more uh, players are, you know, opting out, if you will, uh, not playing. I told you earlier, Pat Mahomes not playing. Kansas City made that announcement. Chad Henney, former Dolphin quarterback, Chad Henney, hasn't started the game since 2014. He's still in the league, for goodness sakes, is going to start and play some Mahomes when they take on the Chargers uh, on, on Sunday. So little things like that. Uh, Cooper Cup out for uh, for the Rams. That's going to hurt their cause. Uh, you know, he's the wide receiver, their, their leading receiver. So uh, definitely, definitely check. But I, we'll look at the lines here in a sec. First up, the story that just won't go away. It, it just won't. And it's not going to, I suppose, when you have uh, dopey reporters like you have down in Washington, clearly. So Redskin Potatoes, Ron Rivera, head coach, spoke to the media yesterday, as all coaches have to do on Wednesdays. And obviously, they talked about releasing Dwayne Haskins earlier in the week. Now, he sent out a statement basically earlier, but this was their first opportunity to really just go face to face with the head coach and ask him. Uh, when asked, he said, and I watched the whole thing, uh, said it was uh, time to make the move. I made the decision, Rivera said. I informed the owner of my decision. He was supportive 
and it was just something I felt we had to do. It was something I felt was in the best interest of both parties. He was asked a couple of times about it, you know, as they went around the room, you know, uh, you know, have each reporter had a, a chance to ask a question. And, you know, so he was asked, I would say, two or three times, you know, different ways, basically the same question, you know, why, 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 right? And it was just general questions, why? And that's the response he gave each time. And as I'm watching this press conference, I'm saying to myself, the, the one question you bozos have to be asking Rivera is, tell me why, two real questions. One, tell me why, give me something, coach. You're saying it was a time to make the move. You're telling me it was your decision. You're telling me it's the, the best interest of both parties. Okay, well, then tell me something. You used the 15th, not you, but the team used the 15th overall pick in a draft two years ago. Not five, six, seven, not four, two years ago on this guy. And now you're releasing him. So don't tell me you're just cutting him like what? he's a free agent. Give me something. What did he do? We all know that uh, the stories say that he wasn't really uh, responsive to being at meetings. He was showing up uh, late. Uh, you know, he wasn't doing his homework. But those are all stories that we've heard. I want to have the head coach. You know, when you release a player that was chosen 15th two years ago, you got to give me something. You can't have me just uh, buy into the speculation that Dwayne Haskins was a bad apple. I want to hear it from the head coach. So, coach, tell me something. You know, you use the 15th pick in a draft. So give me something. Was he not showing up on, on time to these meetings? Uh, was he being a jerk? Was he not, uh, you know, prepping the way he should? Uh, was he really celebrating after losses despite throwing, uh, you know, for three to yards? Is that, give, give me, tell me something. And then once you get something out of Rivera, then you say, well, coach, why now? There's one game left in the season. You're telling me, Coach, that you couldn't just bench him and try and work with him this offseason? You're telling me that you couldn't work with him this offseason, still find out he's a dope, but then be able to trade him? You're telling me the 15th pick in the draft has no value whatsoever come trade-wise? Nobody would be willing to give you a second, a third, a fourth, maybe not a first, a fifth, a sixth, a lousy seventh round pick. You're telling me that you couldn't, uh, you know, resurrect his career, if you will, by trading him to a team, maybe get a conditional pick. You couldn't do that this offseason. That's the stuff that should have been asked yesterday. Don't be reporters. Not just, hey, coach, uh, tell me about the Wayne Haskins situation. That, that, that's how they basically formed their questions. Come on, please. Did you go to, you know, reporting school 101? Pinpoint them down. That's your job. Stop trying to kiss his ass. Stop trying to be, you know, Ron Rivera's best friend, for goodness sakes. And you don't have to grill him, grill him, like he's doing something specifically wrong, per se. But it is strange, is it not? I mean, there's this is not the beginning of the season or halfway through the season. There's one lousy stinking game left. You know, sit him at the end of the bench. Coach, you couldn't have just put him at the end of the bench and just, again, dealt with him this offseason. And if you found out this offseason that it wasn't working out, you couldn't trade him for, for a conditional second or third or fourth round pick. Again, the, the Dopey Dolphins gave the Arizona Cardinals a second round pick for Josh Rosen two years ago when Rosen was brutal for Arizona three years ago. 
And even they were able to get a second round pick. You're telling me you couldn't get anything for this guy? And now, supposedly, no surprise, there are a number of teams that are interested. One report, NFL media, says the Carolina Panthers are interested. I don't doubt it. Listen, I I, I guarantee you there's, uh, you know, a half a dozen or teams that are saying, all right, he was high on our draft board. Doesn't sound like he's dealing drugs. Doesn't sound like he's raping women. Doesn't sound like he's beating up neighbors. Doesn't sound like all the other things that we have around the league. Just sounds like he's an immature kid at 23. All right, so we'll stick him at the end of the bench, and we'll do what Wetzel says. We'll, we'll let the guy learn a little bit. We'll put him behind Tom Brady. We'll put him behind Teddy Bridgewater. We'll put him behind Aaron Rodgers. We'll put him behind any number of quarterbacks that you know maybe he can learn from. Uh, when, you, when you can throw the football 100 yards like this guy can, when you threw for 50 touchdowns in college and were you know, 15th overall pick, there seems to be some value for you, and the Redskins didn't get any of that. And when Rivera says, no, we didn't want to do that, then it goes back to within wide coach. You don't spend the 15th overall pick and cut a guy because he was late for the you got to give us something, Todd. And the Washington uh, Redskins potato failed this SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. That's just part of it. And uh, somebody's got to win those games. And, uh, boy, I'll take it any way you can uh, give it. And if somebody has to uh, do some of the heavy lifting for you right there at the end, uh, uh, that's that's when we've got it set up the way we've got it set up. Uh, I think that uh, uh, the way we are this year, that uh, uh, we uh, have at all, we can count on Philadelphia uh, uh, basically giving, uh, you know, giving um, uh, our doing the job for us. And so we'll feel good about that game. Jerry Jones, owner of the uh, Dallas Cowgirls. Talking about uh, whether he thinks the uh, Eagles will give uh, the Redskins a game Sunday night, which obviously he needs to have uh, in order to make the postseason. Winner of Dallas and Giants get in if the Eagles knock off the uh, Washington uh, Potatoes Redskins. So, yeah, and I don't doubt it either, you know, especially with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. If it was Carson Wentz, then maybe not. It'll be interesting to see if they give Wentz another crack. Uh, I would think maybe, just maybe, they would go one half for each guy and and just let Wentz show a little something, especially if they have in their back of their mind, like, you know, listen, we may have to move this guy this offseason, so let's showcase him a little bit. You know, the team is playing a little bit better. We got a couple of guys back. Um, you know, that, that'll be interesting it, the, for a team that's not in the postseason. Obviously, uh, there is some speculation on how they're going to handle their quarterback situation. But I think ultimately they'll try. It's kind of weird. You know, we all have feelings. We're human. Right. And if you're a Philadelphia Eagle, do you hate the Dallas Cowboys or do you hate the New York Giants more? And, and if it turns out to be the team that wins the Giants Dallas game earlier in the day, you know, 
do you let, let up uh, let up a little bit uh, just to th- know that you know the outcome of your game will determine whether the opposing team gets in or not? And, you know, do you have any hard feelings towards Washington? Do you like or hate Ron Rivera? Um, you know, the whole world seemingly is rooting for Alex Smith. Uh, you know, there's some reasons to kind of roll over uh, if you're Philadelphia. But I don't honestly, I don't think they will. I I, I don't. But you never know. Uh, the head coach may have it in for for uh, Jerry Jones for some reason. He may not like the Giants for some reason. Uh, it's kind of weird controlling someone else's destiny. Very is. You look at the lines. I tell you, I, I, some that are are, are surprising. Um, I, I told you yesterday, I, I find it interesting that Dallas was a three-point home underdog to Philadelphia last week, and now they're a, uh, according to FanDuel anyway, two-and-a-half point. It was three, but down to two-and-a-half point road favorite against the New York Giants. Uh, that, that's a big swing when you consider the perception of them being a home dog versus a road favorite. Uh, Atlanta and Tampa Bay, uh, the Bucks are a six-and-a-half point uh, favorite at home with, with, with Brady. Um, you got the Bungles and, uh, and Ravens. Baltimore's a solid 12 and a half point pick, although that's down from 14. I I, I think Baltimore's going to kill them. I, I I really do. I I don't you know with, with Ryan Finley at quarterback for Cincinnati, they blitz them with Joe Burrows. I know the Bungles have won a couple of games, playing a little bit better here to close out the season, but I don't think Baltimore's going to fool around in this game. I think they're going to punch them in the mouth, and the Bengals are going to roll over. I, I think they won their Super Bowl last week at Houston, and then the week before. So I, I'd be surprised. It's a big number to lay on the road, but without fans in the stands, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I would not be taking Cincinnati on that one. Uh, Dolphins only getting a point and a half at Buffalo. That's a little surprising because we've yet to hear so far what the Bills' plans are. But by all accounts, it seems like they're going to play everybody, especially with Pittsburgh uh, basically waving the white flag. Um, you think the bill and the bills announcing, you know, and, uh, Cuomo, the, the dopey governor of New York announcing that, uh, some 6,000 fans are going to be allowed in the stadium for their postseason games. Now that's not a lot, but it, it beats playing in front of an empty house. And, and I want to be the guy who's sitting there counting how many people are going in. And I know you could say, well, because they're just going to limit how many tickets they, they got 6,200, whatever it is tickets. Yeah, I know, you know, that. I know that, but, uh, you know, the guy who's working the door, who has friends and family that want to uh, be in the stadium, you know, who's watching that guy? You know, when the owner has uh, 15 family members that want to be there, who's watching those folks? When the general manager wants to have a few extra people in, who's watching those folks? You know, when Josh Allen goes to management and says, listen, uh, I may be the MVP. I have a party of 30 that want to be at this game watching this play. Who's going to say no to Josh Allen? Stephon Diggs, he gave up an arm and a leg to get Stephon Diggs. He says, listen, I got 15 buddies that want to be there. You know, you're going to keep them out? Uh, I, I got a feeling that 6,500 or so uh, is going to turn into about 75, 8,500. Again, they're not going to fill the stadium, but. It'll help a little bit, right? I mean, it, it, it can't hurt. Let, let's put it that way. So I'm a little surprised that the Bills at home, you know, definitely playing for something, uh, whether Pittsburgh tries or doesn't try. You know, Buffalo can't count on the Steelers losing to Cleveland, you know, and they're only a point and a half favorite at home. Interesting. Um, Detroit and then uh, and Minnesota, seven point spread for the Vikings at Detroit. That's an unbettable game. Uh, that really is. No Dalvin Cook. We'll get to that <laughs> funny little quirky story there with the Vikings, although a sad story. Uh, Patriots, uh, how far, how far have that? You know, I, I mentioned this yesterday. We didn't get to the story. 
Patriots are a three-point favorite at home against the Jets. The two-win, soon-to-be-firing head coach, Adam Gase, maybe Jets. I might be the only guy in the world that thinks there's a chance the Jets actually don't fire Adam Gase. But, uh, yeah, how far have the Patriots fallen that they are only a field goal favorite over a two-win football team at home? That is pathetic. That's how bad this Patriot team is, that they're only laying three. You're basically getting the Jets at Pickham. My goodness. That is, wow. How far, how far have the Patriots fallen? I told you so. I told you so. I told you so. They were going to be 6-10. and 10, And there is a chance they're going to be 6-10 and 10 this year. Wow. Cleveland's a nine-and-a-half-point favorite over Pittsburgh. I tell you, I like the Steelers in this game. I, I do. You know, Despite what Tomlin said yesterday as far as it, Roethlisberger not playing, and despite, you know, Mason Rudolph being awful, but, you know, he showed last year some things. You know, he he's not brutal. Um, he's not a fourth-string quarterback. He might not be a second-string quarterback, but, you know, he's in between the second and third. He, he's, he's good enough that I don't think Cleveland can go into that game thinking, okay, we, we won this game. And if we take Tomlin to his word, which, you know, we have to do, he says they're going to try and win this game. So if they're all trying, and, and the only guy really that ends up sitting is Roethlisberger, no offense against Big Ben, but, you know, Ben's been awful this year. You know, whether he's part of the problem or whether it's the wide receivers or the other guys on offense, he's not been part of the solution. So, uh, as crazy as this may sound, the drop-off from Ben to Mason Rudolph is not that much. It really isn't. So for this line to be nine and a half points with Pittsburgh still you know, playing for something, uh, a possible number two seed, I think the Steelers get nine and a half is, is pretty good. And then you throw in the choke factor on the Browns and all the pressures on Cleveland. Uh, getting nearly double digits is, to me, a pretty good play on Pittsburgh. I got a feeling that line's going to drop. Tennessee's laying only seven and a half at Houston. I know the Texans have been in a lot of games, and I know Dopey J.J. Watt called out his teammates. We called him out earlier this week. So people are expecting Houston to come up with this so-called monster effort. I don't. They're, they're lousy against the run, and the Titans are great running the football. It's a bad combination for the two. I think this Houston team has waved the white flag. I, I think they're done. Uh, poor Deshaun Watson. I, I know what? He may not even play in this game because he's so beaten up this year, and they're playing for absolutely nothing. Um, you know, they, they hook or crook, it doesn't matter. They don't own their first overall pick. Uh, they've lost more ways to, than Sundays. Uh, what would what would have them rise to the occasion this weekend against Tennessee? Nothing, just absolutely nothing. I I think Tennessee wins this one by twenty points. I do. Arizona's laying three against the Rams in that pivotal game uh, in the NFC. Uh, Kyler Murray yesterday said he is absolutely playing despite his leg injury. Uh, I think that's probably one of those situations where the Cardinals. Uh, front office and coaching staff wanted to put it out there like maybe he wouldn't play. And then, you know, Kyler Murray said, no, I'll play. Of course I'm playing. And the coach is like, Kyle, we're, we're trying to throw a little wrinkle into the Rams' plans. We don't want to tell the whole world you're playing. We know you're playing. You know you're playing. But we didn't want the Rams to know that you're playing. So now they do know. And that's why the Cardinals are a three-point road favorite uh, over L.A. I tell you, if this Rams team doesn't make the the playoffs, and they finish up losing three straight games, boy, that that's – like the Browns, those would be two teams. They don't make the postseason. Uh, Rams losing to the Jets and then Seattle and then Arizona. 
You know, Seattle's obviously good, but the Arizona and the Jets, those are winnable games with or without your starting quarterback. Green Bay laying five and a half against Chicago. That ought to be a good game. Aaron Rodgers basically owns the Bears. So I expect them to win again, knowing that they need to win to clinch the number one seed in the NFC. Uh, Indianapolis, 14-point favorite over Jacksonville. Could be Phillip Rivers acknowledged this yesterday if he decides to retire. I don't think he will, but who? what do I know, right? Uh, Colts are a solid 14-point favorite over Jacksonville. Jags seemingly have, have kind of waved the white flag on the season. Although, again, probably last game for Doug Marone, last game for Gardner Minshew, last game for Mike Glennon, you know, last, you know, hurrah. Uh, I'm a little leery on going against these teams that are playing their last games. No, no one wants to go out a, a loser. They, they don't. They all kind of give a decent little effort. So even uh, getting 14 with Jacksonville is not, not, not too, too bad. Raiders laying two and a half at Denver. That's uh, good luck on that one. Chargers are now a three and a half point favorite over Kansas City. Now that uh, Mahomes is not playing for KC. Saints laying six and a half against Carolina. Uh, Seattle's laying six against Sam Fran. Sam Fran playing for nothing. Seattle playing for uh, seedings. And uh, Washington uh, laying a point and a half against Philadelphia. Not bad. All right, maybe some bad beats. Crazy story coming up next. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network, doing our part to spread the winning edge nationwide. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Beats on this uh, Thursday morning as we uh, close up uh, 2020, getting ready for a big NFL season. So yesterday, I'm out and about, right? Driving around. I'm in my uh, new car that I got. As I told you, I got into the car accident as uh, some old lady ran into me. So I had to take my car to the shop. 85 years old. She's old. I'm, not, I'm saying that negatively. She is. So I had to get a new car. So I'm driving around, you know, I got to get some gas. I pulled to the gas station and I got my little uh, cooler because I wanted to split some of the firewood that I have in my backyard that the ULL's loyal listeners know about, right? So I uh, finally have some halfway decent weather. I got a bunch of big freaking logs. I mean, these logs are like, you know, foot wide and uh, the circumference is like uh, three feet, right? So, but, you know, I happen to be in halfway decent shape, you know, Mr. Muscles myself, so I'm able to lift it onto my splitters. But I need some gas. Let me go to the gas station. So I go to the gas station, right? I pull out my wallet, put my little card in there, put my credit card in there, and I'm I'm pumping gas. And, of course, these gas stations now, God forbid you just go to a place and just pump gas and just be done with your, your shopping, whatever, right? You, they got to have that little TV screen there. And normally it's dopey music that's being played or some uh, idiotic commercial, right? So they have music and there's some commercial, and it's for lottery tickets. And it says, oh, yeah, come inside and it's a speedway. Uh, come inside Speedway and you can get your assortment of, you know, all kinds of cans of soda and beer or this and that. Lottery tickets. We got scratch-off tickets and all other kind of tickets. And you can buy it all by credit card. And I do a double take. I'm like, uh, did I just hear them say that you could buy lottery tickets with credit card? So I listen further and they, they go on to say, yes, uh, you know, we've changed our policy or some mumbo jumbo like that. You can now buy lottery tickets with your credit card. 
And I'm thinking to myself, wow, myself, the world's about to change. You're telling me that I can now buy lottery tickets with a credit card on credit? Holy fudge. You talk about people going belly up financially. Now, listen, I am a big, 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 big believer in you do to whatever you want to do yourself. It is on you. Listen, you want to do drugs as long as you're not driving or driving a train or an airplane or whatever. You want to sit at home and shoot needles in your ass and in your arm, knock yourself out. If that's how you want to go, go ahead and do it. Uh, You want to drink till you're in oblivion as long as you're not on the road, go ahead and do it. You know, as, as long as you're doing it to yourself, it's up to you. I'm, I'm not here to play Mother Teresa, and I'm not here to watch over every soul. And that pertains to gambling as well. You know what? Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there that say, well, gambling is going to be the ruin of everyone. Uh, they're not going to be able to control themselves. And I'm like, well, you know what? Then, then shame on them. You know, don't allow uh, what others may do to stop what others could enjoy doing, right? But that all said, When you allow people to buy scratch-offs and other kind of lottery tickets with a credit card, wow, that is trouble. That yeah, I used to own a liquor store, part owner, family owned it, right? And I never really worked behind the counter. Uh, I'm too good for that. So, but they used to tell me stories. People would come in there with their paychecks. I mean, literally with their paychecks. And just buy lottery tickets, scratch-offs, pick threes, pick fours, pick fives, mega millions, lotto. You know, now now they got the daily drawings. They got the drawings in the midday, the morning, and the evening on all these pick threes. I mean, it is crazy. And then the pick tens that come out every 15 minutes with the ping pong balls. I mean, there's a zillion ways that you could spend money with the state on lottery tickets. And now they're allowing you to buy them with a credit card? (laughs) Again, it's not funny. It really isn't. But what's to stop somebody from getting your credit card, right? I'm in debt up to my ears. I got more debt than Carter has pills. But every other week, I'm getting a new offer. Here, here's a credit card, Scott. Just sign on the dotted line. We want to give even more credit and more credit and more credit, right? Because I pay my bills. I guess that they, they love that, right? They show that if you show you pay your bills, people will give you more and more credit. So what's to stop somebody from saying, all right, you want to give me a credit card that's got a five or $10,000 limit? All right, let's go to the local Speedway. Give me $10,000 in scratch-offs. Do do you have that kind of money on you, uh, Mr. Wetzel? Yeah, I sure do. It's right here in a credit card. Give me those $10,000 scratch-offs right now. And then just not pay. Well, you got to pay. No, you don't. Uh, every, every commercial you hear on the radio, hey, sign down your debt. You know what? The, the, the people don't know this, but you don't have to pay off your credit card. They don't want to tell you that. They join the you know Joe Schmo Financial Services, and we'll whittle it down. You got $10,000 in debt? We'll make it be $1,000. I, I don't doubt for a second people will do that. Boy, allowing people to buy lotto tickets and scratch-offs and what have you with a credit card? Holy crow. You, you talk about ruined families, you know, the, the, the fights that are going to be going on because the little lady at home or the little man at home, depending on who wears the pants in your family, uh, sees the next credit card bill and they see $10,000 at Speedway. And, and, and she says, what the fudge happened here? This has got to be a mistake. And you're like, well, no, I bought $10,000 worth of scratch offs, $10,000 worth of scratch offs. Well, they allowed me to. 
Uh, you know, I, I didn't cost me anything. I, I was still able to you know pick up a pizza on the way home. I had to pay that in cash. But the credit cards, you know, the, the scratch-ups, I, I put that on a credit card. All right, so we'll call up that financial company that we hear all the time on the radio during Wetzel's show. Yeah, they'll get us out of it. No big deal. And you know who's going to pay the tab for that? You, you think they're just going to wipe out that uh, $9,000, $10,000 debt to state? No, 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 no. You and I are going to pay for that. Uh, the people that really pay off our credit cards, we're going to pay for that. Our interest rates are going to go up. They're going to go here. They're going to go there. Well, in the end, the gas prices will go up by a quarter. Uh, you know, you want to buy a Slurpee when you go to the gas station? Instead of it being a buck, now it's going to be a buck fifty because Joe Schmo is uh, ringing up a $10,000 debt on his credit card. Yeah, oh, yeah, the fights that are going to occur because people get addicted to this stuff. It is crazy, you know, literally. And our family used to say it when we had the bar. Uh, it was like a liquor store bar that sold, you know, a lot of tickets. They would come in there with their with their paychecks every other Friday. They'd cash that paycheck and they would sit there and, and they would spend hundreds, hundreds of dollars on these scratch offs and, and uh, the pick threes because then now again they're drawing like three times a day now. Imagine being able to now put all that stuff on a credit card. That's disaster. I tell you, is there no limit? Is is there no limit to what people will do in order to make money? It really is sad. You know, they do that, but uh, our dopey state, our, our dopey governor Cuomo, you know, is he going to allow gambling in the state? No, he won't do that, though. You know, Nevada just announced that they made over $61 million last month. They set a record. Most money made, not grossed, made $61 million. You think Cuomo's going to allow gambling in New York? No, of course not. He's above that. He doesn't mind sticking to COVID-19 victims, uh, you know, over at the uh, the nursing homes. That, that he'll do. Uh, and now he's going to allow, you know, being able to buy these uh, lottery tickets with a credit card. Uh, he allowed that kind of gambling. But uh, when I want to put a couple of shekels on uh, the Lakers-Celtics game tonight, can I do that in New York? No, can't do that. No, we, we don't allow that in our state. We're above that. We're better than that. But we'll let you buy a scratch off, though. Put it on your credit card. That will allow you to do farce. The hypocrisy of this state. Uh, it, it's just uh, so two-faced. The, the left on, uh, in our state. It's just so two-faced, it's not even funny. It, it really isn't. So, yeah, they're allowing you to buy lotto tickets with credit card. Wow. That, I, I'm telling you, that is going to – the divorce rate you watch is going to go up this month. The unemployment rate is going to go up – well, maybe not the unemployment rate, but uh, the bankruptcy rate is going to go up this month. Uh, the foreclosure rate is going to go up uh, this upcoming year. You know, All because they're allowing people to buy lotto tickets with credit card. I, I, never, I really – uh, again, I, I'm all for, listen, if you do it to yourself, if you're dumb enough to do it, then so be it. And I understand that, and I, I'm for that. But in this case, I don't think I am. I, I really, I don't think I am. How about Dalvin Cook? Uh, a sad story, but one that needs to be brought up. I find it, uh, speaking of uh, irony, Dalvin Cook, uh, the family announced yesterday that he's not going to be able to play versus the Detroit Lions. His brother, who's a running back on Georgia, is not going to play versus Cincinnati in the uh, upcoming bowl game. Sadly, their father passed away, only 46 years old. Uh, he didn't say what was the cause of death, but, geez, 46 only. Uh, that, that's sad, right? So uh, both are going to be at the funeral, close, and everything else. Uh, fully understandable, especially in the case that, uh, you know, the Vikings are playing for nothing uh, with the Detroit Lions. And in, in essence, so is Georgia, you know, playing Cincinnati. So no problem there whatsoever. But I, I must say it, it must be brought up just because uh, loyal LL, loyal listeners know 
Uh, I had a little situation, we'll say, with the Vikings a few years back. Uh, isn't it funny how uh, a former Viking running back decided to play football after finding out a death in his family? And I took him to task for it. And as it turned out, he didn't even know he had a family member that died. Uh, but good old Adrian Peterson. You, know, you want to Google Adrian Peterson, Scott Wetzel? You know, you, you'll find some stories there. You will, right? So Adrian Peterson, uh, what was that, five, six years ago? You know, finds out he has a son that he never knew he had, and his son died because uh, at the hands of uh, uh, the, the former girlfriend and his boyfriend, and he decides he's going to play football that weekend. And I took him to task for it. Of course, I got ripped by the club and ripped by a couple of media dopes up in Minnesota. Of course, they never apologized when we found out that Adrian Peterson was whipping his own kid like a week or two later. You know, did they ever write an article saying, yeah, you know, that Wetzel guy was actually right or bad? No, of course not. Vikings wanted to get me fired and everything, right? Because they're all pissed off. I'm ripping Adrian Peterson when I was over at the three-letter network. So isn't it just kind of, you know, 180 degrees? Here we are five, six years later, whatever it is, and there's another Viking running back that's got to deal, sadly, with death in the family, and this guy's doing the right thing by not playing. So, uh, you know, a good job by Dalvin Cook. But that is a sad story. You know, 46 years old. Boy, um, you know, that that's way too young to be uh, passing away. Uh, that is really sad. Um, Listen, I, I, I'm, I don't know what the Terrell Owens motive is and all this stuff. I generally supported T.O. I, I did. I didn't think he was ever a Hall of Fame wide receiver because he had way too many drops for, my, for me. Um, you know, he would never be on my football team, not because of who he was off the field, just because he just dropped every other ball that was thrown his way. But there's another story that came out yesterday about Donovan McNabb and the Super Bowl with the Patriots way back when it was a Super Bowl 34. You know, we all know that McNabb, uh, you know, had his issues in that game and T.O. played great, played at a busted foot, had what is eight, nine receptions, whatever it was. Uh, they darn near won the football game. McNabb, supposedly the story was over the years, threw up in the huddle, uh, whether that was nerves or whether that was he was hung over or drunk. Um, you know, McNabb never admitted to, to vomiting. Some players said they saw it. T.O. admittedly says he didn't, but he had friends who were on the team said they did. I, I don't know. You're in the huddle. I don't know how you don't see a quarterback throw up, right? I mean, you, you, why wouldn't you see that? Why, even if you didn't see it actually come out of his mouth, I mean, you would think you would see and hear him gag, right? So T.O. yesterday went on this little podcast and he said that he knows for a fact McDab was out drinking the night before the Super Bowl and he was hung over during the Super Bowl. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is between these two guys. I, I really don't. That could have been a great, great combination. They made the Nick Brink and Fitzy back for years now, and it seemingly is never going to end. So, more ripping from this film. Again, I don't know what his, uh, what his goal is. I, I, I All right, more coming up with the close up shop. Big for bad news. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Radio Network.
Very underrated song, if that's possible for Auld Lang Syne. All right, let's uh, close up shop here. Well, let's update the poll question. We'll give you some winners and uh, touch on a couple of stories here that we didn't uh, have time to delve into too, too much, as we always like to do with the segment. Must-see TV this weekend. Pick one. Clemson, Ohio State leading the way. 50% of the votes. Uh, 49 now. You got uh, L.A. Rams, Arizona Cardinals, 13. Other 15. And uh, surprisingly... Uh, although this doesn't add up, uh, Alabama, Notre Dame, 2%. So that, that can't be right. 50, 60, 70, 75. Yeah, that, that's, oh, 22%. Duh. Uh, 22% with Alabama, Notre Dame. So Clemson and Ohio State, uh, your, your big winners there for your must-see TV. Uh, let's give you a couple of winners uh, for today. No college football later on tonight. Everything is this afternoon. The late game is 4 o'clock with West Virginia Army. I can't believe I'm going to suggest doing this, but I'm going to. Uh, give me the under 41 and a half, Army, West Virginia. West Virginia, very good defense, one of the best in the Big 12. Army, we all know their games all go under. While it's very, very, very difficult to, to go under in a college football game at 41 and a half, uh, this is 17-13 written all over. So under 41 and a half. And I'm going to take Minnesota plus eight and a half at Wisconsin in college basketball. I've gone against the uh, the Gophers the last couple of times. They've come up with a couple of nice wins. So uh, this case, I'm going to go on them. Zidane Chara left the Bruins sign with the Washington Capitals. One-year deal. Wow. 14 years with the Bruins. Amazing. It's going to be weird seeing him in a Capitol uniform. Uh, Daily News says the Mets and Blue Jays, the top two teams going after George Springer, free agent. Hey, great job by everyone. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Uh, be safe and uh, take care of this uh, New Year's Eve 2021 right around the Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use.